Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Hoosiers lose a tough one last night. Race Thompson out with what looked like a concerning knee injury. Learn more about his injury, his status later today or tomorrow from the program. Once back in Bloomington, and he gets an X-ray and a scope on that knee. But that definitely look definitely looks concerning. Uh, boy, there's a lot of takeaways from IU Iowa last night. A lot to unpack. Uh, some good, but a lot bad, and probably the most annoying of all, and I never really talk about other coaches. Uh, boy, Fran McCaffrey, is he's a bird, that's for sure. Uh, a different dude, and it seems like year in and year out, especially against Indiana, we get to see him go crazy. And uh, last night, uh, unbelievable. So lots to talk about on and off the court from last night's game. And, of course, here locally tonight, a big one. It's New Albany and Jeff, a major, major rivalry game in high school basketball. We'll have the live coverage of that contest here on the Big X beginning at 7.15 this evening if you can't make it out to Johnson Arena. But should be a great game. New Albany off to a solid start. Jeff is battle-tested. They have had a really tough schedule so far, playing a lot of youngsters, leading the way for Sharon Wilkerson's Red Devils. And if you didn't need any other reason to get excited about this game, the Red Devils and new athletic director Larry Owens honoring the 1993 Jeffersonville state championship team just before tip-off. So it uh, should be an electric environment tonight, hoping for an outstanding crowd for the game and all the other festivities that are going on at Jeffersonville tonight with that 93 reunion of sorts. But there's nothing better than New Albany and Jeff. And I take some grief occasionally from fans of other high school programs in the area that remind me Providence and Clarksville, the town championship is tonight. There are other great rivalry games here in our area as well. We're spoiled. There's a lot of good programs, a lot of good coaches. Year in and year out, a lot of good players. But to me, New Albany and Jeff, it's that one that catches the attention of people across the state and the one historically that has stood the test of time. New Albany with 84 wins in the series. The Red Devils of Jeff with 80 wins in the series. It's the big game, and uh, it's the big game locally, I think, that everybody pays attention to. So looking forward to getting there. Hope to get there early tonight. Always like to watch the JV game uh, as we get our equipment set up and, and get final preparations for the broadcast tonight. But, boy, I look forward to being up at Johnson Arena tonight. Uh, think about some of the great people over the years that have 
been on those rosters uh, player-wise. Unbelievable talent from these two schools. I think about some of the coaches that have represented the schools. Unbelievable coaches. Tonight I'll be thinking about Jim Shannon, his final year uh, as the coach of the Bulldogs, a historic career, and you can bet that he has been preparing all week extremely hard to have his team ready to play what could be his final opportunity to go against the rival Red Devils tonight. So it's going to be fun. We'll be on the air at 7.15. We're coming on a little early. There's a lot of festivities before the game. We'll take you through all that live here on the Big X tonight as well. Quickly, the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Busy show today. I need to stop talking and get our guest on. Jim Shannon going to join me here in just a minute of New Albany. He'll immediately be followed by Sharon Wilkerson, the Jeff coach. So we've got both of those guys coming up here momentarily. And then later in the show, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will unpack so much from last night with Race Thompson, Indiana's performance, some concerning things from the Hoosiers, a great night for Jalen hood uh Fran McCaffrey, absolutely just crazy, and we'll talk about that all coming up a little bit later in the hour. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We've missed Kyle the last few weeks because of holiday stuff and uh, basketball tournaments during the day, but Kyle will be with us today. We'll talk New Albany. Jeff, where that stacks up across the state, we'll talk some recruiting and a lot more. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. I just saw a, uh, a text there about Coach Woodson, and I'll read that here a little bit later in the show. But you can send in your questions and comments on IU last night. You can send in your predictions and thoughts on New Albany. Jeff tonight, the number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda will you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Let's get right to it. Jim Shannon of New Albany joins us today. Coach, you're from Anderson, Indiana. Many years ago, you were a player for the Indians. That was one of the great programs in our state and involved in some big rivalry games in that part of the state. But now you've coached in southern Indiana for 25 years, and I think you'll join me in saying that this Jeff-New Albany matchup tonight, this rivalry between two 4A schools that have been powerhouses over the years historically in our state, this is a big one locally, and it's a big one on the state scale as well. Yes, man, you're correct, and I appreciate you having me on. There's no question that uh, a lot of people across the state consider this to be one of the greatest rivalries that uh, has ever been uh, played here in the state of Indiana. Certainly back in the days you were talking about, we had some great ones too because we had three high schools in Anderson, and all three of them were always good. Um, so there were some intense rivalries there too. The only difference back then was the wigwam held 8,000 some, and it was packed for those games. So, but that's that's because that was in the you know 70s and 80s, and attendance was up everywhere back then. But uh, certainly that rivalry that we had with Madison Heights and Highland was unbelievable. Uh, some rivalries we had back in North Central Conference with Muncie Central, uh, Marion. The list goes on and on. But yes, as far as uh, today is concerned in the history of this uh, rivalry between New Albany and Jeff, 
I think it's been a great rivalry and viewed across the state as perhaps the greatest rivalry in the state or one of the top is, is a lot to do with proximity because we're so close has a lot to do with tradition because both programs have had great uh, traditions in terms of tournament wins and state championships and things of that nature and great players and Division One caliber players and Indiana All-Stars, Mr. Basketballs, so on and so forth. And then the uh, the next thing that makes it such a great rivalry is the uh, uh, closeness of the win-loss record between the two. What did you have it at, Matt? I caught the tail end, but I didn't. I didn't hear it. Well, let me pull it up to make sure I'm reading it correctly. I get this from Brian Sullivan of WNAS, the, the radio station at the high school, and I'm pulling it up here as That's we fine. talk right now. 84 wins for New Albany, 80 for Jeffersonville. So it is a four-win advantage for the Bulldogs, according to this count. Well, that's good news. So at least in my last year, I won't be the one to put us under. So that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be known for that. Uh, yeah, so we're really looking forward to it. I have a lot of respect for their program. I have a lot of respect for uh, Sharon. Always have had. He and I are friends, and uh, I've enjoyed coaching against him, mostly as an assistant coach, but I've coached against him a couple times as a head coach and uh, just have enjoyed our conversations uh, as they pertain to kids and basketball and life and think that he's doing a great job over there, you know. I think they're five and four, but the four losses have come to all Indianapolis schools who are all loaded and top ten to caliber teams, so there's no, um, there's no shame in those four losses, and they pretty much dominated the other five. So I think they're playing really good basketball, and they are a very young team. Coach, I want to, uh, before we talk about the Bulldogs here for a moment and then get Coach Wilkerson on the line, I want to go back to uh, this, this could be your final matchup against the Red Devils, uh, definitely your final one in the regular season. I want to go back historically in your career. Uh, you know, when you first started off as the New Albany coach, it was kind of a rebuilding program after some great years in the mid-'90s under Jim Miller and then Don Unruh. But your first two games against Jeff, they were losses, and they weren't very pretty. But overall, uh, regardless of the result tonight and a potential matchup in March in the sectional, you've got a 21 uh, win and 11 loss record as the head coach against Jeffersonville. So outside of those first couple of years when you were trying to get it going again uh, in New Albany, it's been a pretty good series for you. Well, uh, I appreciate that because it is a, it's a tough, tough, tough series um so i guess you're saying we've played them 32 times in my tenure and, and i dare say if a person had to do that 32 days in a row he would not survive it <laughs> there's no way if you had to if you can play them once and then have 365 days to prepare for it again it's it's doable but a boy if you had to do that once a week or once a month i, I don't know that you could make it through it because it's such a long day it's such a nerve-wracking day a uh, very little food goes down the pipe uh, on this particular day uh it, it's just different and uh people can say whatever they want but you start telling the truth more when you get towards the end and i'm telling you this rivalry will uh make you start babble to yourself and uh so i'm nervous as can be we'll be all day long because i want these kids to come out and play you know great basketball uh there's a lot on the line it, it really goes back to uh this series I think this regular season game in some ways is, is 
the one people point to more than the sectional tournament. And I think that's because years and years ago you didn't play each other in the sectional, so you may never see each other in the tournament. And then even uh, now that we're all in the same sectional, you still may not see each other in the tournament. One of you might get beat before that happens. So uh, by and large, this is the only time you may play. So, boy, it's just considered a, a great rivalry in the regular season to be bragging rights for another 365 days. And I, I think that adds to the intensity of this particular game. So, well, I look forward to it. And once the jump ball goes up, there's no other place I'd rather be. Uh, it's, a, it's an intense day leading up. All right, Jim Shannon of New Albany getting us started today. Sharon Wilkerson of Jeff on deck. That's how we do it on these big game days here on the Hoosier Report. Coach, before we let you go, we got to talk about your team. Seven and two, your losses have come to a very solid Zionsville team and then a really good loaded Centerville, Ohio team keyed by Gabe Cups, who is an IU commit in the 2023 class. I know you're very happy overall with the performance of this team and looking forward to guiding them into this big rivalry tonight. Yeah, the kids have been playing really well. And, you know, and our two setback games were against, you know, arguably the best team in Ohio and Zionsville in the top five or six in, in the state of Indiana. So, uh, those elite teams uh, are at another level, very difficult uh, to play against them. I think, like I said, between us and Jeff, we've kind of been in the same boat with our losses. They've been against high-caliber teams, and Jeff Jeff has seemed to handle uh, the other teams that they have played. We, I don't know that we've handled the other teams we've played. We have won them, but they've been a lot closer games for us than, than Jeff has had with those teams. So uh, we're looking forward to tonight. Very, very, very happy with uh, these kids and how hard they're playing and how well they're playing together. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at a rotation of about eight kids and trying to get our bench to be deep by the time the tournament rolls around. And uh, you just never know who's going to step up with this bunch. They're all, all capable of scoring anywhere from eight to 16 points. And on occasion, we've had a couple go over 20, but they're, they're pretty hard to guard in terms of knowing who's going to do the damage. And I don't have any idea who's going to do that tonight for us. I hope it's more than one or two. I hope it's four or five kids. Great stuff. Jim Shannon of New Albany. Coach, great to chat with you on game day. We'll catch you tonight at Johnson Arena for the big one. Hey, appreciate you having me, and uh, go dogs. All right, Jim Shannon getting us started here on this big rivalry game day. Our coverage tonight, it begins around 7.15 here on the Big X if you can't make it out to the game. Coach Wilkerson going to be with us here in just a moment. But again, all time, this series, it has feels of Duke and North Carolina. New Albany, 84 wins. Jeff, 80 wins in the series. What about sectional titles? New Albany with 53. Jeffersonville with 39. Regionals, the two programs, each have 18 regional championships. Semi-states, New Albany 9, Jeff 6. State championships, New Albany 2, the most recent in 2016. Of course, Jeff, the 1993 state champions, they'll be honored tonight. Coach Wilkerson was a member of that team. Mr. Basketball's uh, 2 for Jeff. Of course, Coach Wilkerson and Mr. Basketball here in our state, one for New Albany. That is Romeo Langford. And All-Stars, 17 all-time from the New Albany Boys Program and 15 all-time from the Jeffersonville Boys Program. So it doesn't matter if you're looking at the all-time record 
or sectional titles, regional titles, etc. Boy, these programs really have mirrored each other over the years in being very close and very competitive with each other. Sharon Wilkerson with us now. Coach, we go from Coach Shannon in perhaps his final game day preparation for Jeffersonville of his long career. This is your first as a head coach. How does it feel to be back in this series as the boss of the Red Devils? Oh, it's an unbelievable feeling, man. Uh, it's uh, it's really hard to put into words, to be honest with you, uh, especially for me. Uh, Coach Shannon is a, is a really close friend, uh, and, and I would even consider him uh, to, to be a mentor. Uh, Coach Shannon is a, has been a pillar of, of high school basketball, a, a Hall of Fame high school coach. Uh, in every regard, he has he has been uh, he has been the standard for Southern Indiana high school basketball, and I'm just uh, just honored to, to have an opportunity to compete uh, against such a classy individual. Mm, very nice words, Sharon Wilkerson, our guest here in this first segment of our Friday program. Let's talk about the Young Devils, as I've kind of turned turned them here on this program. Coach five and four, but you guys have taken all on all comers. Indianapolis Cathedral to start the season. Warren Central was game four for you guys. Indianapolis Pike, North Central, and of course some local rivals and some conference games as well so far for your team. You guys have learned a lot. You guys have improved. Very much battle-tested is your team, Coach. So that that, that was the that, that was the, the goal uh, in setting up the schedule, Matt, honestly. Um, I think that you have to try your best to set your schedule in accordance to your ultimate goal. And our, our ultimate goal, obviously, is, is to try to get back and, and compete at a state state championship level. Uh, so in, in order to do that, especially with a young group, I think that you have to understand what that standard is. right? So obviously, Cathedral being the defending state champions, uh, opening up the season was a great test. Uh, not only was it a great test, but it was a great introduction into the standard that we need to meet in order to compete at that state championship level. Uh, in addition, the, the other three schools that we've played, the, the four losses, all come from Indy schools. And, and right now, as we said, you know, you, you have to put it in perspective. Uh, Cathedral beat us 50, and then Ben Davis beat Cathedral by 20. Right. So in theory, we got a 70-point differential there that we're trying to cover. Uh, so I, I truly believe the best way uh, to prepare for that is, is to have to go through the fire and understand what you are facing. Then that gives you an opportunity to be able to reach that level. Coach, I have not seen your team in person since the Silver Creek game back in the middle of December. That was a big 77-56 win for the Devils. But I feel like before that, each time I've seen your team out on the floor, there has been improvement. And I think a big part of that is so many of those guys are sophomores that really are getting their first big taste of not only varsity basketball, but high-level varsity basketball because of the schedule that you set. Um, do you feel like this team is getting better each and every practice, each and every game? You know, it's, it's kind of funny that you say that, Matt, because the coaches and I yesterday were just talking. You know, I think sometimes when you're in the trenches and you are trying to, to you know, set an identity for yourself and, and for your team, sometimes I think that you can miss the growth. Right? And sometimes you can't always quantify the growth in wins and losses. I will tell you probably our most, our most growth with this group has probably come from our defeats. Because right? I think when you win, you cover up things. But I think that when you, when you look at defeat, I think everything that fell short now comes to light. 
And I think that for us has been when you have seen the most growth with us during our losses, because now we can go back and we can say, hey, guys, this is what we need to correct to be able to compete at this level. And for us, that has been the, the, the thing that has been the, the most surprising for us this season. Sharon Wilkerson, Jeffersonville coach, with us here on the show today. Coach, we kind of went back in time in the Jeff New Albany series with Jim Shannon talking about his rough start when he first got here against the Devils, and then he's done fairly well since then. For you, let's go back in time as a player. Is there a Jeff New Albany memory, be it the regular season or be it in the tournament at the old Seymour Regional that you kind of immediately think about when somebody brings up this big game? Uh, I think my junior year, uh, if, if I remember correctly, um, we was number one, and I believe New Albany was number three, I believe. And we went into New Albany, uh, and they beat us. And uh, that was probably that was probably the best thing that happened to us during that particular season because it grabbed our attention. And, and typically the way that it's set up, uh, when I was playing, you always played New Albany, then you followed up by Floyd Central. And if I remember correctly uh, as well, during that stretch, uh, New Albany beat us and then Floyd Central turned around and beat us. So that year we lost to both of the Floyd County schools. And I thought that that ultimately is what pushed us and gave us the motivation uh, to get to the Final Four my junior year. Hmm, interesting stuff. Sharon Wilkerson with us here on game day. Now the 1993 team, and obviously you were a huge catalyst on that team. There's no question about that. Uh, it's going to be honored, and I understand it's going to take place at that three-minute mark just before tip-off when the national anthem and so forth is played. How special is it to get your guys, your group, back together before this big game and celebrate what was an unbelievable run for the Jeffersonville program? No matter, I have to be honest with you, during that time, obviously, it was it was a great accomplishment, and obviously, in the heat of the moment, uh, you, you, you try your best to enjoy uh, the accomplishment. Uh, but I tell you, the older that I get, uh, the longer that I'm around student-athletes, uh, being back here uh, in my home community, you know, it, it resonates even more. Uh, there, there's a bond that was created there uh, because of what we accomplished that still resonates today as a 47-year-old professional. Uh, and, and I think that in itself uh, just speaks volumes of, of when you have a group of people that can come together uh, and that group of people uh, can make a personal sacrifice of their own goals for the greater good of the group. I, I think that is so powerful. And that is the message that we are sending to our current student-athletes. And it's, it's, a, it's a blessing in disguise that these guys actually get to see it uh, tonight and get to see all the people that was involved because I do, I think it takes a village, and we was very fortunate to have the right people around us during that time. Hmm, absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson, his first year back at Jeffersonville as the head coach, and this will be his first game against the rival New Albany as the head coach in this series. Pretty neat situation. A great player at Jeff, now trying to build this program back, as Coach said, to a state-level team. Coach, best of luck. Always enjoy our game day chats. And I'll see both of you guys, Coach Shannon and Coach Wilkerson, tonight at William S. Johnson Arena. Matt, it's always an honor, my friend. I really appreciate it. And go Red Devils. Absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson with us. There you go. Uh, Coach Shannon, 
Coach Wilkerson, it's all set for tonight. We'll be on the air at 7.15, and if you're going to head to the game, let's hope for a big crowd. I'd get there early, take in the Junior Varsity Contest. Make sure you get to see a really neat presentation to the 1993 State Championship Devils as well. And again, Coach Wilkerson, the boys coach at Jeff, which is cool. Coach Norman, Corey Norman, the girls coach, he obviously was a big part of that team as well. So it's got to be really special for those guys specifically to be part of this ceremony tonight but also to be leading their respective Jeffersonville teams, uh, knowing the history that they have as a player there. Really cool stuff. We'll head to a commercial break. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. IU Iowa, boy, we've got lots to talk about from last night. Jalen hood Shafino was really good. The Race Thompson injury seems very concerning. And there's so much more to talk about as well. Dylan will help us do all that next. Send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. New Albany and Jeff tonight will be on the air at 7.15 sharp. So if you can't make it out uh, or you're going to be at another game, make sure you join us for that broadcast tonight. In segment two, it's going to be all about IU basketball. Last night was a tough one for Indiana as they fall on the road at Iowa, a 91-89 loss. Really hard to sugarcoat this defeat for Indiana I know there were some injuries. Trace Jackson Davis played well, but you can clearly see it's his back that's been keeping him out of some of these recent games. He clearly is having some pain there. But Jalen hood Shafino, the bright spot, and uh, so many things to talk about. Dylan Wallace, uh, we're going to bring him in right now of the Seymour Tribune, the sports editor there, to recap last night and uh, see what we think. Uh, I thought, uh, Dylan, this Indiana team, really faltered down the stretch last night and uh, so many different takeaways in a negative light that I think we could start with today. Yeah, it was a a really tough loss. Um, You know, this was an Iowa team that had lost three in a row. They hadn't won a game yet in the Big Ten. You know, they lost to Penn State and Nebraska. Um, They had a really bad loss to Eastern Illinois or something like that. Um, So, and Indiana jumped on them. You know, they came out guns blazing and looked awesome. Jalen Hojifino was doing everything, setting guys up. They were running out in transition. They were hitting shots from the outside. Um, and, you know, it seemed like they could have really buried Iowa. And, you know, it just felt way too much like that Wisconsin game at the beginning of last year in December where Indiana gets a big lead. You know, the other team kind of cut into it, got it a little bit under 10, and it was, it was like 10 at halftime, and you just kind of felt like, all right, you know, here we go. It's going to be a tough second half. And, you know, there were a few moments where it felt, you know, Iowa got up three, Iowa got up four in the second half where it seemed like this game could be over. But, you know, Huchifino hit two big threes to, to bring him back in. And, you know, then, then he ends up six with, at the under four. And you really felt like, okay, like this is this is good. They're doing some good things. And you allow an 8-0 run 
and you're down two, just like that after the under four. And, and it was just it was just disappointing. You know, they 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 got they struggled against Iowa's zone, and you even had on top of it all, you know, Connor McCaffrey going on the field of 68 and saying how you know it, it looked like Indiana's coaches had never seen a zone before, didn't know what to do. So he's kind of rubbing in the wounds with that comment. Um, it was just it was just really tough. And sure, you can say losing race Thompson was big, which it was. You can say the the friend McCaffrey, you know, should have been you know thrown out of the game with that because it looked like they call it technical and all that kind of stuff. But all in all, Indiana still should have won this game despite all those things happening. Um, they should have won it, and it's as plain as simple as that. And it was just another loss where we saw, you know, free throw shooting was an issue. We saw um, just the offense not being able to get good shots, and we saw the defense again just have a little bit of slippages here and there, and allowing Chris Murray to to kind of get going, and and they did a good job in the first half and. How he scored what twenty one in the second half. So, yeah, you're right. There's a bunch there you can look at. Um, not a lot of it positive, you know. And it's, it's just frustrating because it just felt like this was a game they they had, and it felt like even though all those kind of weird things happened and weren't in their favor, they still should have won this game. They still should have come out on top. They are a better team than Iowa, and um, it's just unfortunate that this team continues to have this happen to them. And uh, you know, now there's a lot of questions going forward with you know who who can step up and you know can this team. Uh, do things away from home. It's going to be tough because, you know, you have Northwestern at home on Sunday. Then after that, you know, going at Penn State is going to be tough too. So, yeah, it's just a frustrating loss. Uh, they should have won it. And, um, you know, fans are, are not feeling great today, I, I imagine. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. Dylan, uh, let's talk more about last night. I thought Jalen hood Shafino was the bright spot. I think he's capable of running the offense for this team. Uh, he's obviously capable of scoring the basketball. I did think... He had a real nose uh, to score last night in addition to helping facilitate things. Maybe some forces, uh, a couple things he, he pushed up or pushed to the basket that maybe weren't ideal. But overall, a really good performance from him last night. He was for sure the bright spot. He was awesome. Um, you know, he, he really, really got Indiana off that awesome start with knocking in a couple threes. He was setting up guys with some awesome passes for easy, you know, finishes at the rim. Um, he was doing everything, and I thought, you know, in the second half when, when Iowa kind of went to that, like, 2-2, two, two, that 2-3, two, whatever zone, like, kind of pressure they were running on Indiana, anytime Indiana would break it, you know, they just kind of slowed things down, and, and it felt like there was a chance, and even Trey Jackson Davis said this after the game, that it felt like Indiana had a chance to, like, you know, push after they broke the, the press, and really try to get an easy basket with an advantage situation, especially when you got a guy like Huchifino kind of getting downhill with it. Um, but, yeah, he had a he had a nose to score, like you said, and, and it was really fun to, to watch him um, really start to kind of come out as, as a, kind of that score, that playmaker that we all know he can be. And, you know, with Xavier Johnson down, you know, that's the, that's the type of performances you need from him on a nightly basis now. Um, and, and it was really nice to see, you know, his jumper looked really, really nice. Um, he was getting downhill. He was setting guys up. So, you know, nine assists and, and only two turnovers. You know, that, that, that's what you want from your point guard. And um, I, think, I think, you know, he's really starting to, to, to come into his own here. And I think and he looks healthy, too. Um, you know, obviously, we, we, we know Trace was kind of dealing with the back and obviously looked a little hurt last night at halftime going to the locker room. But Huchifino, um, for the most part, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good, pretty healthy. It didn't seem like he was grabbing anything. So, you know, that, that's big for, for Nina to have a guard like him and, you know, the problem is you, you probably can't play him 40 minutes every night, but, man, you need him on the floor, it seems like, all the time because with, especially with Xavier out. So, um, you know, he, he's going to have a lot of minutes. He's going to have a lot to load, but last night was a positive sign because it looks like he can handle all that. Um, so excited to kind of see him continue to go here because I think he's going to be a, 
really important player, and uh, he he really looked like a stud last night. And you know, you just hope it continues uh, the rest of the way here. All right, uh, talking with Dylan Wallace. Dylan, I'm going to bring up some topics that I typically do not: coaches and referees. Uh, in relation to last night's game. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about how passionate any Indiana fans can be and the good and bad things that come along with that. Uh, we were referencing the letter, the hate mail, basically, uh, that some of the IU oh. players receive, and the, specifically the letter that uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, took a photo of and sent out on his social media accounts yesterday. But I noticed last night just a couple things on Twitter, a couple things on other social media channels. The Indiana fans were really upset last night. Some of them, a lot of them maybe, with Coach Woodson and coaching. Um, any take, any rebuttal to any of that? I think it's it's sort of a fair criticism, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they, they, they just really struggled when Iowa went to their zone defense last night. And, you know, this is an Indiana team that, has run some pretty good zone offense so far this year, albeit, you know, it's, it's usually against some of the lower-level teams because that's what most of them kind of run on the defensive side. But he has, you know, done really good things to, to, to kind of counter it. And, you know, sure, a lot of that is having kind of Race Thompson flash to the, you know, the free-throw line area. Um, but but even even with him out, you know, they, they have guys capable of, of being able to kind of help break the zone. And it just seemed like they, they were just trying to go to straight post-ups with Trace Jackson Davis while Iowa's in the zone, and they're just swinging it around the perimeter, which is what, you know, zone defenses want, because they don't have to move. They're, you know, you're doing what you, they want them to do, and you're not getting it to the middle. And there was just a lot of stuff that, that it seemed like Indiana should have made adjustments for um, in that second half when Iowa was in that zone defense. And I, that, that's kind of a lot of the criticism that, that I've seen so far is, is just kind of the adjustments in the second half for um, not, not, not really helping Indiana, you know, put the players in the best position to win. And I thought the players – for the most part, you know, I thought they played pretty hard. I thought, you know, obviously, you know, jumping out to that big lead was, was really exciting. Even when they, like I said, when they were down, you know, in the second half, three, four points, they, they, they kind of reeled it back in. They had a six-point lead with, at the under four. And I just, you know, you, you just look at that and, you know, you got to find a way to close that game. And, and I thought the players were trying to do the right thing. And I just thought, you know, I, I think it's fair to criticize Mike Woodson because it just seemed like they were just trying to run straight up post-ups with Trace, and, and that's just not that's not a productive way to try to beat his own defense, especially Iowa's own defense. You know, Iowa's not the best defensive team. You need to put up 89 points. Um, you know, you got to figure out more ways to to, to kind of counter them and, and be able to score effectively. And um, I think that was just disappointing, and especially, you know, when you have comments from Iowa people saying how, you know, it looked like their coaching staff hadn't seen his own before. You know, that's, that's, that's unfortunate and whatever, but you know, that's, it, it looked like it was true because they just they just really struggled to get things going. And, um, you know, I think I think the, the players were just doing what the coaching staff was telling them to do, and, and it just wasn't really working. And, you know, you saw um, a little bit, they started to figure things out a little bit um, toward the end when, when Trace had some two really nice passes, the cutters like Tamar and Miller. Um, but then, you know, toward the end of the game, it just got stagnant again. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to criticize it. And you know what? I mean, we've, we've seen it a couple times so far this year. Um, you know, just, just, it seems like everyone thinks the players have, have played, you know, they've showed effort for the most part, but sometimes the coaching decisions haven't put them in the best positions. You know, I, I give credit, you know, he, he, he switched up the starting lineup, you know, putting Tabar Bates in there and, you know, that certainly got Indiana off to a better start than they had been getting off to. But, um, still the, the, the fact that they weren't able to close that game and the fact that they looked kind of deer in the headlights against, uh, an Iowa zone defense was pretty disappointing. And I think, you can point to some of the coaching mistakes uh, made during that. So yeah, I think it, I think it's been fair. 
Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, going forward with the more shorthanded team than they already are, uh, hope, hopefully they're able to kind of fix some of this stuff up and, and get things going here. All right. Uh, Got to talk about the opposite side of that as well. That's Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa coach. He has a history of doing some silly things, and maybe even at times you could call them crazy things. Um, I, I, I'd like to talk about this for a minute. Is it just Indiana? Uh, is it just blowing up in, in games against Indiana? Uh, but he crossed the line in a major way last night and continues to baffle me, some of his actions on the floor. Um, he and Tom Cream both have some crazy, crazy looks sometimes, but I think Fran is actually really crazy. Um any thoughts on that? And have you ever seen a technical called uh, and then not assessed with no announcement or clarification? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not sure if I have. Um, he, he crossed the line figuratively and literally. You know, he literally crossed the, the half court line and went on Indiana's side um, to talk to the official to talk it. You know, you see a Rosemont, and um, you know that you you see it clear as day. The official. He knows the technical, and he points it to Fran, um, and the announcers didn't say anything. Um, it just seemed like it was just kind of lost, and it, it, they were just like nothing happened, and they went back to Trace shooting two free throws because there was a foul on Iowa before that play happened, or before that sequence happened, I should say. And um, It was kind of mind-boggling, and you know what? He, he saved himself by getting that technical in the first half because you know it, it, it was one of those things that once someone gets one technical – you really have to do a lot to get that second and get thrown out of the game. And Fran was kind of saved by that, even though, you know, he did plenty to, to get thrown out, you know, crossing the line and getting in, you know, Indiana's kind of huddle area, getting in the official spaces. Um, it was kind of mind-boggling, you know. And, and I thought I thought for a second, you know, they gave like a double technical to Indiana, and, and so they canceled out. But when you look at the replay, I mean, they clearly did not point toward Indiana's sideline. They, they clearly did the technical sign and pointed it at Fran. So, um, it, it was kind of crazy, and you know, obviously that would have given Indiana, Indiana two more free throws um, in that moment, and it would have you know kicked Iowa's coach out of the game. So you know, it's a pretty big thing he's there with with what you know three two minutes to go in the game. Um, yeah, that was definitely um, a really questionable kind of you know scenario in the game, and obviously you know Woodson's comments about it afterward were pretty strong. Um, you know, you know, saying it was BS and saying he should have been thrown out of the, the game and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if anything, uh, it should be a fun rematch on February 28th when Iowa comes to Bloomington. I think that's going to be uh, – it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of kind of storylines there with, you know, Woodson saying it about Fran and, and you know, their Fran's kid, Connor McCaffrey, saying that stuff about Indiana can't – you know, the coaches didn't know what to do against the zone, all that kind of stuff. So it should be a fun rematch. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was kind of ridiculous last night. Um, couldn't really believe it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an unfortunate thing, but – but like I said, Indiana still should have found out a way to win that game, even with even with that kind of miscue happening. Yeah, and Dylan, you and I, I think, could talk for another hour on last night. There are so many specifics with Indiana, the team, players, different things I'd like to bring up, but I'm up against a commercial break. Quickly, before we go to this break, uh, Malik, this is a texter from the Thornton's text line. Malik Renu seems to be totally lost after be- beginning the season very confidently. What's your take on him? Well, my take is, is he's still got a lot of talent and a bright future, but he was succeeding at a high level against cupcake, lower-level division teams, not Big Ten caliber teams. What's your take, uh, Dylan, as we get to break? I agree with you there. I think he had a couple good moments against Xavier. You know, Woodson played him down the yeah. stretch, which was nice. But, yeah, ever since then, it's, it's, he's struggled against all the bigger competitions. 
he's just going too fast. He's fouling every time, you know, the guy he's guarding touches the ball. It's been tough for him so far, um, but, hey, you know what? They're going to need him because if Race is out for an extended period of time, you, you can't play just Trace in 40 minutes a game. You, know, you, have, you need Renew here coming up. So um, whatever is kind of going on with him, um, he's going too fast. He's fouling a lot. He, he's got to figure it out because he's going to need him. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can kind of get it, his, get some confidence back, see the ball go in the hoop a couple times because, like I said, Ian is really going to need him to step up here going forward. Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the news of the Seymour Tribune. Let me get that right. Dylan, as always, <laughs> thanks for being with us. And uh, uh, glad IU basketball's back. That was a long layoff, but we'll talk with you again next Friday. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. All right. Dylan, always with us on Fridays. A couple of other texts I want to get to real quick. Texter says, at some point, Coach Woodson needs to be held accountable. He's being outcoached every game. The players are playing hard but are put in wrong places. Example, why was Geronimo guarding Murray after being torched multiple times? Sorry, I had to vent. Go Hoosiers. Thank you for your text. Also, another, and I agree with this text here, uh, Texter says, I don't like to complain about refereeing, but last night was crazy. Jordan throws ball Jordan throws ball to referee after a basket, and that's a technical, no warning. McCaffrey runs screaming down to Indiana bench and no technical. It was called off. Hood Shafino gets an elbow to the face. Flagrant, he gets called for the foul instead, which is crazy. Jordan gives a el- little elbow before a jumper. It's a charge. Then they do the same thing a few games later. No, no charge, no call there. I-, I saw every one of those things, and I think we all did. And typically, high school games league games, meaningless games, Division One games, March. I don't ever really complain about officials. I, I get it. It's a tough gig. I respect them. I know a lot of them. I appreciate them. But last night was the first time in a long time where I thought, ooh, this is really not good. And I totally understand Mike Woodson's comments after the game on Fran McCaffrey and on the officials. And I applaud Coach Woodson for having the gumption to say what he did because you don't really hear coaches go at each other. There's a big respect thing there, which I think is kind of a great unwritten rule in the trade. But Fran McCaffrey has crossed the line multiple times, and uh, I don't like the guy. And you'll never, ever hear me say that, I mean, about a coach or anything. I just, just bizarre is the word, absolutely bizarre. We'll head to a commercial break. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star is next. We'll get his take on the New Albany-Jeff rivalry, and we'll talk some recruiting. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here. Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us. Thornton's text line still open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Had some good texts today all about IU-Iowa last night. Appreciate you guys sending those in. Kyle, we uh, spent the first segment today talking with Jim Shannon and Sharon Wilkerson for game day chats uh, in advance of tonight's New Albany at Jeffersonville game. 
I think we have a good feel in this area where the game stacks up. And we know it's one of the big rivalries in the state. But across the Hoosier State, the entire deal, uh, how big is this New Albany-Jeff rivalry today in this kind of new era of high school basketball? Well, I would say it depends year by year on how good the teams are to the level of, you know, probably the statewide interest in it. But certainly, you know, the history with those two programs and the players that – you know, those two programs just produced over the years, certainly, you know, when you hear the, the new Albany Jeffersonville name and, and especially when they play each other, it still resonates for sure. And, uh, you know, ha- having uh, covered both teams through the years and, and you know, seeing the, 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 uh, the crowds that they produce and the, you know, the talent that's produced there, I mean, I, you have to stack it up, uh, you know, with the best rivalries around, which is, uh, which is cool. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, I had a chance to cover, uh, Marion Kokomo, uh, earlier this year. And the North Central Conference obviously has a lot of that history. I always think it's fun when those teams are kind of rejuvenated, you know, like they are, uh, especially in Kokomo's case right now. And Marion's been good the last few years too. So, you know, those, those, those programs of historical significance always, I think, uh, draw some eyeballs uh, when they're good again. So uh, and that's certainly the case with New Albany and Jeffersonville um, pretty much every year. I was trying to think as you go from north to south in the state, what are some of the other major rivalries that historically have been big ones, maybe have close series records all time that would match or rival this New Albany-Jeff contest in other parts of the state? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say, you know, I I think you probably start with the, um, you know, the North Central Conference teams, you know, and and those could be, you know, Muncie Central and and Marion, you know, those those type of uh, rivalries. Obviously, Anderson, uh, you know, when uh, when they were really going well, and and I think pretty much all of those teams within that conference. But you can go back, and I had a chance to do this years ago. But you know, when the, when basketball even first started, you know, the Lebanon. Um, the Lebanon-Crawfordsville rivalry or the Lafayette-Jeff, uh, you know, Lebanon rivalry and, and things like that were, were ones back in that era, and no one's around now to, to talk about that, um, you know, because it's been 100 years ago. But, you know, those are the ones that really, you know, kind of started it. And I think uh, probably started the whole thing as far as the, you know, the uh, the building of the gyms being bigger and the, and the you know, trying to one-up each other, and, and that kind of, you know, that's kind of why, you know, when you look back at it, it's kind of why we are where we are as far as the state of Indiana and high school basketball. It's it's because of those great rivalries, um, you know, and there's a lot around here that I that I cover, and, and ones that are, you know, go back years and years. Often it's the one that the teams who end up playing in the sectional against each other, the teams in the same county, or, you know, the teams that have battled each other for years and years, you know, so... Uh, there's a lot. I mean, you know, but I think it probably started when you think about that. I think a lot of it is probably the North Central Conference is where a lot of people, even now, you know, think back to and you know those uh, you know those great rivalries and, and those teams uh, you know battling each other year after year. Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis Star, our guest. Kyle, we've got just a couple minutes left, but we're headed into the end. I know it's hard to say that, but the end of the high school girls basketball regular season, January, the final month of the regular season. So there's about, what, three weeks or so left in this month. Once we get through this weekend, I saw the announcement from the IHSA earlier in the week that we are a couple weeks away from the IHSA girls state tournament pairings show. Uh, my goodness, where is time going? 
Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's. Uh, I always think once we get to the, you know, I've got the Marion County tournament next week, and the city uh, tournament is after that, and it, it almost feels like after that point, uh, you're sort of, uh, you know, in the in the uh, crosshairs of the sectional draw for the boys. So, yeah, it's really clicking away, and uh, you know, for the girls especially, like you said, the end of this month we'll be having the sectional pairings and the sectional getting started. So. Uh, we're here, and uh, yeah, I'm at, it's kind of a good chance. I think I'm going to go down and see uh, Jack Benner at Brownstown Central tonight. But a chance to see, try to get out and see some players, maybe you know that I haven't seen yet, or some teams I haven't seen yet, kind of like I did over the holidays. But uh, but yeah, the clock's ticking, so it's hard to hard to see everybody. But you try to see as many as you can. Absolutely, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. He's kind enough to join us Fridays in this final segment. We talk high school sports, a lot of basketball and recruiting as well. Kyle, I know you saw a lot of holiday hoops, so we'll get your opinion on some players and teams you saw when we talk with you next time. But Happy New Year, and uh, thanks again for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Matt. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. And for the week, don't forget tonight, live from Johnson Arena. We'll be on the air at 7.15. All sorts of pregame festivities tonight. The 93 state championship team will be there uh, to be recognized and honored. And, of course, a great game tonight. JV game begins at 6. If you want to get out early, get you a good seat. I know there's some reserve tickets available in the lower level. There's general admission and the rest of the gym. We've got Providence and Clarksville tonight. Some other big games we'll keep you posted uh, here on the Big X this evening with those scores as well. So it's going to be a fun night of high school basketball here to begin 2023. Have a great Friday. Talk to you tonight. Hope you'll join us at 7.15. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.